You're listening to the SWAT Agronomy Podcast, the show for people who leverage the latest in technology to solve agronomic problems. If you're interested in on-farm application of precision ag technology, you've come to the right place. Get ready as we unpack the insights and experiences of the agronomic minds leading our industry forward. Today on the SWAT Agronomy Podcast. We're doing a lot of uh, research and development on our own. So seeding rate, fertility responses, herbicide, all that. Like we're breaking new ground and our network of consultants and the network that Croptimistic has continues to share their information and knowledge. And what we do with our growers is helping that. But, you know, we've got a great map. Now we got to match the agronomy on the best map there is. We're joined by Tyler Kessler of Kessler Ag Ventures in Southern Saskatchewan. If this is your first time listening to the SWAT Agronomy Podcast, welcome. My name is Tim Hamrich. I'm a communications consultant, a bit of an ag tech geek, and the host of the show. I've partnered with the SWAT Maps team on this podcast, and we hope you'll join us as we explore where the latest in agronomy meets the latest in technology. In today's episode, Tyler Kessler shares about his independent agronomy consulting business in southern Saskatchewan that he owns alongside his wife, Brooke Dorgan. The company provides a wide range of agronomic and precision agriculture services for farmers who want to optimize yield, improve soil health, and reduce environmental impacts. They're also a service provider for SWAT maps. This is really a great episode about helping farmers with both agronomy and technology, incorporating SWAT maps into a crop consulting business and improving a farm operation with the technology on farm trials and a whole lot more. Before incorporating Kessler Ag Ventures in 2015, Tyler worked in ag retail for eight years and spent a couple of years with an ag chemical manufacturer. He says in those days, he wasn't seeing a whole lot in precision ag that convinced him it was really adding up to a lot of value for farmers, but then he eventually found swap maps. Yeah, the precision side, it came later in my uh, agronomy career. Uh, the first almost decade, to be honest, I've I seen a lot of uh, precision companies come and go and nothing really stuck. A lot of logistics over precision egg at that time. Land was relatively cheap, you could say. You could purchase more land and, and just scale that way. Uh, we didn't really need to to focus down on that higher resolution. And I mean, the, the technology was clunky, I would say, you know, in my early stage of my career, didn't make a lot of sense. When I left egg retail, worked uh, as a sales rep for an egg cab manufacturer for a couple of years. And that's when I, I started being introduced into SWAT maps. And that really was the kind of the turning point of, of where I believed it started to make sense for me. I could see it, it started making sense for the clients. And it just, it was the base layer of if you're actually dealing with physical properties, you're not dealing with just yield maps, you're not dealing with imagery to try and, you know, market a scalable business. It, it was a slow process at the start. Right. You know, if, if we were to go back to that time and, and kind of, you know, you were having a beer, let's say, with your buddies that you were in retail agronomy with and saying like, hey, I'm thinking about doing the SWAT maps. How would that conversation have gone if they knew you as somebody who like, hey, look, this precision ag stuff hadn't happened? Yeah, really, it was it was clients who I almost think brought it forward to me with Corey. And in 2015, 2016, that's who I was working with was Corey to 
to learn SWOT maps and he introduced us to it. And I think the clients were looking at, you know, egg tech was, is interesting and it, it's attractive and you want to get into it, but it needs to work. And when we were able to go out into the field and uh, the grower who's been farming the land for multiple years could relate to the map and a zone map, that's when it started to click. And then we had equipment that we were able to, to use and it, it, it worked seamlessly. And it kind of that evolution was how we, we kind of started down the, the ag tech road, I, I would say. And, and since then, we, we've been able to add, you know, more sensors, more components to continue to reduce that resolution. And the conversation that you kind of had with them and Corey at that time, what were your questions about how this might work? You know, there's the logistical questions, how we're, we're going to make the equipment work. Cause that's one of the, the pinch points I think is um, just growers are apprehensive to take technology and implement on their farm. And I think that's where our role comes in as a company. We can help bridge that gap. The agronomic questions, there's all the, the physical properties and, and how we're going to accomplish, you know, mapping it. And they explained all that. And then, you know, as it e- evolved and that was early 2015, 2016, they worked with us. Uh, they did all the, the sampling and the mapping and, and helped teach us what to do. And in 2018 or 19, that's when we signed our partner agreement and invest in our own equipment and started uh, down the road of, of offering the SWAT service. Cool. Well, uh, I know everybody's family dynamics are different, so you can answer this or, or we or we can not include it if you want. But uh, do you do you use this on your family's operation? Yeah, absolutely. We do. I'm not going to do something with our clients or or promote it unless I believe it and use it ourselves. And we do have some land, my wife and I, with our farm, but uh, we manage the agronomy on it and we use it, you know, as a testing ground. But yeah, we we use swap maps on our farm and each year we're, we're mapping more acres and, and continue to develop that. Eventually the goal is to get every acre mapped. Hmm. And uh, as you've done this both on your farm and for your, your farmer clients, are you finding that the, the field variability is more or less or about what you expected? It's geographically driven, but field variability. I mean, it, it's more than I think the average person would expect. I've been doing this now uh, since, 2015 so nearly 10 years and every field i look at it i get excited because it's unlocking something that we don't know just looking at it from the field edge or in the field you know variability can mean different things in something that's very topographic driven um you're gonna have you know hills and valleys and side slopes that might be very consistent in soil type you can have very level i guess elevation that might only change a few feet within a mile, but you could have drastically different soil types and soil properties within that. So for example, salinity or solenesic soils, more of a factor than topography. So it's really important having both of those pieces of information and then treating it differently. So yeah, field variability in, on different farms or within a farm can mean different things. Yeah. You, you alluded to the the early adopters, you know, the people who just kind of they want to embrace innovation. They want to keep pushing and pushing. Um, what about those that that maybe do it, but maybe are a little bit more skeptical or a little bit less enthusiastic for something new just because it's new? Have you had experiences with those types of farmers and how have those gone? What have been the reactions? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone has a different uh, tolerance to risk and change. And I think, you know, someone who's a later adopter doesn't mean they don't want it. Um, they're just, they're critical thinkers and they want to prove it on their own farm. And that process is, it's actually fairly simple. You, you start slow, you start with a, a field or two and you just go at their pace and work with them to, to show it. And once they use it and see it and they're either going to, going to like it or they're, they're not. In our case, we've got 99% retention. Anyone that has, that has tried it continues to increase their acres and, and they, they want more. And is, is swap maps usually the, the first uh, service that you provide to a customer? Cause I know you do other agronomy services as well, or does it sometimes come first, sometimes come later? Yeah. So our business, I really break it into two parts. We've got the agronomy consulting business where we work very closely and like intimately with a farm planning year round, scouting, uh, implementing precision ag or ag tech with that grower, but it doesn't need to be swap maps. When we brought swap maps in in 2018, we started to mesh that together. And of course we would start with our clients who we've been working with, but logistically we've been able to, to open that up, you know, just with time and our people that fits in really well to, to offer this service to more growers. So we have, we have clients who are, are SWAT only customers. We have clients who are agronomy and SWAT customers. We can lead with it, but it can also come in and complement it. It's very synergistic. Very cool. And I imagine in, in kind of Southern Saskatchewan, you, you kind of know everybody, right? I mean, you, you sort of know the customer base out there for, for running a company like yours. How, how do you do business development when you kind of, you know, it's not like people are hearing about you for the first time, I wouldn't imagine. Do you still find new farmers in your area or, or how do you grow your business is my short question. Yeah. Uh, for many years, I, I almost flew under the radar. We had a lot of great clients in a, in a tight geographic area, word of mouth spread, and we had lots of business. And then as we scaled our staff, added more headcount, talked to more the network, we were able to, to expand our offering. And you know, primarily it's word of mouth. There's, there's lots of business and yeah, you know a lot of people, but there's lots of farms that operate in your area and you may not, you may not know them. And we've started kind of South Central, a very core pocket. And from there, we've started to expand and, and we have clients all across Southern Saskatchewan from south of Swift Creek or that Southwest corner all the way to uh, Southeastern Saskatchewan. It's starting to spread. And I know you said you use not only swap maps, but other, other technologies. I'm curious for you, cause you've been in the game a while now, like, how has ag tech, if at all, changed the job of, of being a crop consultant and an agronomist? You know, kind of how does your job look different today than maybe it would have 10 years ago because of the technology? Yeah, there's a lot of vetting and, and uh, sorting through technology that, that comes to us. I think our goal is still to, to take our simple agronomy, you know, our basic core agronomy and make that at a higher resolution with the tools and the ag tech tools. So it, it changes what we do. We're able, I think, to do more with the technology and the, the sensors and tools we have than we were in the past. That's one benefit of the, the ag tech. We're continually trying to, uh, you know, be sustainable with our growers and ag tech is part of that. Hesitate to use the word sustainability. Um, but yeah, I think that the question you're asking is, how does precision ag and ag tech, how has that changed in what we do? Yeah, I think it, it's, 
it's a big part is is bridging that gap with our growers and helping them implement the ag tech. So we need to learn it and understand it and use it and then make it simple for them to use and scale. So that's a big roadblock that some growers see and we're we're there to help with that. Um, so we spend more time in the equipment, you know, not just looking at a plant. To me, agronomy is like it's logistics, it's it's economics, it's technology, it's it's implementing that so we can accomplish the goal to really focus at the end goal is agronomy, but we're using tools. Sure. Yeah. Other than swap maps, what other technology are kind of important parts of your offerings in, in your tech stack? Yeah, like we we use a whole source of software to record what we're doing to scout. We use satellite imagery, drones. We have a drone mainly just for scouting and, and doing imagery on. And that imagery we would use more for like, say, an on-off map for fungicide. Um, and that's going to change. I mean, now that we have sea and spray coming in, I really see using satellite imagery for an on-off map. There won't be too many, too many more years of that, and the sprayers will just do that automatically. So it's learning that, that as well. And I mean, we need to understand how those sea and spray sprayers work and how to set them and scout and make sure that we're not missing plants and help those growers utilize that technology, but, but make sure it's working. Well, I won't ask you to name any names here, obviously, but are, are there any technologies as far as categories or types of technologies that haven't worked or that, that you have found just don't seem to, to make sense for, uh, for your growers? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there's certain offerings that are, are trying to, I call them button clickers, um, trying to scale real quick and, uh, and just source some imagery or something to say they can accomplish the same thing that we're doing with the SWAT map. And uh, it just, when you ground truth it and uh, use it, it, it doesn't match up. So yeah, we, we look at a lot of ag tech in a, in a season and some work, some don't. We are looking at drones and spraying. And I mean, right now, legally, we can't use them. There's no registered products to utilize that. But is that something that'll come? I don't know. It, it might, but we've got really great technology on our ground rig sprayers and acres and capacity that they can do in a day you know there's lots of hurdles and the the accuracy the stability of the booms all of that the pwm and resolution it's it's tough to compete in western canadian agriculture is that going to be different in in other spots in the globe absolutely there's places for it and we could use sensors for that sure and, and what about kind of optimizing the results of the swap maps data what either barriers or opportunities lie ahead in like making the most out of, uh, you know, site specific agronomy using swap maps. Yeah. It's an education process. We're doing a lot of, uh, of research and development on our own. So seeding rates, fertility responses, herbicide, all that, like we're breaking new ground and our network of, of consultants and the network that Croptimistic has, uh, continues to, to share their information and knowledge and what we do with our growers is helping that. But, you know, we've got a great map. Now we got to match the agronomy on the best map there is. So that's our job. And, you know, with, with herbicides, there's been soil applied herbicides that, you know, Edge and Avidex and those products that are, they're not new. They all have a, a range and label. Well, we need to take that and understand where our soils are and, and apply that to our fields. Um, and how that's going to react or fertility responses. Is it just a soil test? Is it moisture? 
Uh, is it topography? What's driving those responses to the fertility? And then, you know, through our trialing and, and sharing of knowledge, we're, we're getting better each year on a farm, but you know, every year is not the same. So it's a moving target that we're, we're getting closer at every year and it's better than just, you know, doing what we used to do. And do you feel like you and your team, you, you know, I, I'd imagine you've gotten better at, at identifying sort of from the swap map, you know, what might be driving that, that variability, you know, what's that process look like to, to match the agronomy to, to the swap map, as you mentioned? It's a relationship with the grower and there's a clear communication between the agrologist and the grower and understanding a lot of field history and how things respond and areas of the field and how we can uh, can push certain areas or or need to pull back on some. That's the, the discovery process. We can uh, present them the data and um, the soil properties, what kind of soil it is, the organic matter, pH, position in the field, and then um, the communication and working with clients to, to develop a plan when they're very engaged. That's what that's the recipe to success and having a, a relationship where you, you're able to, to go back and forth and communicate. You mentioned kind of, you know, the experiments you're kind of doing to, to try to, you know, get the most out of uh, swap maps with your farmers. Um, is there anything that has, has really surprised you? It's like, okay, you know, we, we had to do these tests to figure this out, but it, uh, this was pretty surprising or we didn't expect to find this. And that could be seeding rate, that could be fertility, herbicide. I, I don't know. Just anything out there that that uh, once you kind of did the the on farm test, it surprised you. Seeding rates in canola, uh, we really focused on that over multiple years, and it's almost counterintuitive. The more accurate we can have on a lower plant stand uh, or a precise plant stand, the, the especially variety driven, it's really making a difference. So. We, we continue to, to go down that road and, I mean, plants down on all crops and dry land ag are, are important. Uh, and we can change those within a, within a field to even out a crop or, or maximize our production. Um, but the importance of something little like that, that you would think is little, it can have a big difference. And that's just kind of variable rate seeding in canola to, to get a, is it a more uniform or a less uniform plant stand is what you're saying? You know, people think of precision ag as being making the whole field uniform, and that's not how we look at it. We look at, at making that field how it maximizes production, and that might mean less uniformity. But less uniformity on, on plant stand can create a, a, an even, even field. But I guess as a whole, we're looking at that reduced plant stands in canola is, is increasing our yield to a point. I mean, obviously, if we have uh, not enough, like very low plant stands, but, uh, and the industry has seen that. I think, you know, as we, we've moved down this road, the industry is, is also experiencing the same thing and they're, they're reducing their recommendations. Yeah, absolutely. In your business, if you're going to try to ask yourself, all right, what's been the ROI of swap maps for, for your business? Not obviously for your farmers, we would be a, a different answer, a different story, but for, for your businesses, the the ROI of becoming kind of a swap maps partner. How would you answer that? It's been a very great compliment to our business. As I alluded before, uh, the time within our season, it fits very well with. So, you know, when the combines exit the field, we're able to enter again and really work for another three months, mapping new fields, soil sampling zones, 
creating plans, getting the fertility plans in place for, for fall at a precision egg level. So that has created a, an additional revenue stream for that season. I mean, from fall right through winter, we have time to, you know, not only plan with our growers on their agronomy, but we have time to plan with SWAT maps and, and make recommendations and build prescriptions. So it fits really well with a, with a consulting business and it's, it's been a great revenue stream for us. Well, what are the, what are the big questions you're asking yourself headed into the 2024 growing season? Um, anything that is, is top of mind or a, a problem a lot of your farmers are wrestling with? Just uh, what's what's relevant today? Yeah, I mean the weather, the the drought. It's it's on the forefront of everyone's minds. I think that certain areas have experienced a drought for multiple years, and it's definitely on the forefront and of uh, of managing costs. Uh, and to, to get some yield, uh, we don't want to miss out on on a moisture event and miss out on yield. So balancing that uh, with the growers is is very important, and we can help with that with our our offering of of swap maps and and knowing what's in the soil and saving some dollars on on fertility because it, it hasn't been used the last few years, and being confident that uh, if when we do get the rain, uh, we can have a a smaller fert bill and still not miss out on our yield potential. All right. Uh, last question, I think, but uh, this one's going to ask you to speculate a little bit. Uh, you know, if you look out a decade or two, how do you think your work or the technology you use in your work will look different than uh, it does today? Yeah, it's moving so fast. There's so many players in this field. Um, it's going to continue to build on what we have. I think, you know, a lot of these sensors are, we're just starting down that road and we're going to get, um, they're going to make them better. Uh, so whether that is a, a moisture probe or sea and spray technology centers on drones that are, that are looking at crop health and, um, and then making a, a decision on that. I think in, in a decade, we're going to know so much more than we know now building on, on SWAT zones and, and even ourselves having the history that we have with our growers um, that we've dealt with for eight years now that have had a SWAT map and we've had soil samples and, or we have moisture probe data for, for eight years and what that looks like in 10 years from now, it's just going to continue compounding because we're, we have an industry that's looking at it and, uh, and really smart people who are, who are able to, to create some algorithms and, and take a lot of data and crunch it together to, to make something usable. I think seeing spray technology on sprayers is going to be, very mainstream. We're just at the start of that. Uh, some of our clients are starting to purchase that and, and then implementing, you know, our tools that we have now with that uh, is going to be really interesting. Our, our use and reliance on, on a lot of products is going to decrease with the tech. Well, that is a great place to wrap up today's episode. I love talking about that opportunity that's still yet ahead for the types of applications that these precision ag tools are starting to enable. Thank you very much to Tyler for being on the show. Uh, if you'd like, you can learn more about his business at KesslerAg.ca. I'll link to that in the show notes, as well as the link to Swap Maps, which is just SwapMaps.com. Are you finding value in this podcast? Would you like to hear more of these episodes? Uh, if so, make sure you follow the show and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, leave us a rating and review while you're there. And if you have recommendations for topics or guests or questions, uh, please tweet them to us by using the hashtag SWAT Agronomy.